I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Heroes, the number three podcast on all three of them. And this week, we are continuing our look at The Girls of Kung Fu, part two, with 1975's The Great Chase, starring the legendary at Homie. And directed by, actually, I didn't realize until a couple of minutes ago looking into it, but uh, returning to the podcast, actually, Norfumi Suzuki as the director. Yay. He also directed Huero Tekken, which we did way back in episode like eight or something. Yeah. yeah. So. Right. And I, I believe he's the brains behind Street Fighter and uh, Sister Street Fighter and all that fun stuff, too. So Norifumi Suzuki, sometimes you'll hear him listed as Noribumi Suzuki. Um, um, yeah this film's a good example of what he's known for and uh what you would see like in the street fighter we've got a lot of exploitation going on this week guys were you ready for that dude some of the most innovative uh i'm trying to put it in like the most positive way possible yeah very innovative (laughs) exploitation yeah Uh, do you think it's better to to have some some knowledge going into it to brace yourself or i think all you need to know when you watch this film is that it's gonna be 70s exploitation from japan so then you just kind (laughs) of ride the wave after that right (laughs) everything that you think that entails you're right so yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) Um, i do feel like this film also has a lot of the tokusatsu uh vibes that uh we've come to know from this era as well and uh i mentioned it when we were teasing this episode but uh here we are again this is the japan action club etsuko shihomi a major member of that team we we will get some people in the background that are pretty well known for uh being a part of the japan action club but you don't get the big names like sunny chiba or hiroiki sanada but um Regardless, you get uh, some wild action and some very uh, crazy antics. Uh, some yeah, man. pretty crazy stunts, too, that uh, the third act of the film really like is like, we're just going to go crazy now. So it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, the third act almost becomes a different movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like, uh, like exploitation. They're like just mm-hmm. this list of things. Hey, we need to include yeah. an eye gouge. We need to include a person, a body double exploding. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and it's nice because now our show can be categorized under furry slash furries lifestyle. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I think that might bring a whole this, new. I don't. Uh, I don't think this situation. represents furries in a very good light, though. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, <laughs> uh, the outfits in this movie are wild, and I love it. Yeah, dude. There should really be a separate like visual, like YouTube essay just about the the fashion and mm-hmm. wardrobe of this movie. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I is... actually I I counted when I was when I was going through my notes after like the first twenty minutes. 
I was like, I think she's changed her outfit like four times in 20 minutes. And it's, so I kept track of it. 15. She's wow. in 15 different outfits in the course of this 87 minute Dude, movie. And I want to say the one she wears the longest is as the Japanese middle-aged businessman. I feel <laughs> oh, like yeah. yeah, it's pretty it's pretty definitely pretty close to the longest. Yeah, that's a nice nice stretch. Yeah, it's amazing. It seems like what kind of uh is motivating uh this movie like conceptually is basically like okay, what are really cool elements that we kind of want to see together and so this movie is kind of like driven by this instinct towards cool but it's amazing because it's this cool of an era that's no more and in a culture that at least for us in america is still maybe a little bit cryptic at times so Mm, it's just yeah it's fascinating watch and um yeah, our leading actress is just, as we've mentioned before on the podcast, she's just so magnetic. And what a great vehicle for really like showing off all of her range. It's not just the outfits, but she's, gosh, this is the second time this has come up. Uh, but <laughs> I'm thinking of like um, Dana Carvey's Master of Disguise or something. Because oh. she's like, she imbo- or maybe like Nutty Professor or, or something. Mm-hmm. But it's like she embodies all these different kind of characters and character mm-hmm. tropes. Um Let's not be filed under Cambodian podcast either. Um, <laughs> that was that was pretty touch and go. Uh, yeah, but yeah. yeah so I, I would also say that this is probably one of the most obscure films of all of the stuff that we've covered. Um, yeah, this this joins the the pantheon of films we've done that don't have Wikipedia articles. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I th- even in uh, the Japanese uh, Wikipedia page, there's uh, there's no article for this film. Which is oh, cool. Surprising. I was wondering. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, Etsuko Shihomi, this is like, like Marty was saying, this is basically a vehicle for her. So you've got this kind of concept where she's like this. It's, it's like in like when you see anime or you see like kind of stuff parodying older shows, all the tropes that they parody, that's like literally what this movie is. <laughs> hundred <laughs> percent so she's basically a cool she's a race, race car, car driver, driver slash spy yeah and yeah. she's motivated. again she's everything that's cool um yeah hmm. and she she works for this organization that you barely know anything about and uh all that serves is really to show you that she is searching for the people that killed her father so it's a revenge fueled uh motivation and uh one of the things uh the gimmicks of her character is that in different situations she'll find different disguises to infiltrate or to find uh you know more information just leading her to these criminals and the criminals are as broad as you can get <laughs> it's <laughs> like uh like basically a yakuza boss that's trying to organize a major drug deal and uh her father was like wrapped in into it and it led to uh him being murdered and uh yeah it's just a lot of fun it's it's... yeah we have some like notes of broken oath style revenge Mm -hmm. story and yeah like a lot of a lot of tropes that i think are really kind of successfully uh delivered here yeah yeah. totally and the um the music is super 70s as well i love it yagi masao is that right yeah Um, which it's so great and the dude the opening title song and it comes uh, comes around at the end of the movie too so darn good it's almost like mm-hmm. a johnny rivers like mid 60s kind of thing <laughs> with but yeah. in this like japanese idiom and it's 
is lyricless. It's just like da da da's. It's um, and hopefully it's playing right now. As we're talking. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. It was um, definitely playing right now. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, so great. And it's it. I almost get uh, some like premonitions of like Yoko Kano's music or something like that. Um, oh sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. I like that. It's, yeah, really cool. But it all serves like to you know, almost like fall in love with uh shinobu this character this like cool hero but she's pretty she's in the film she's actually got her own fan club (laughs) that they address (laughs) like it's like a flower shop slash fan club so it's like all the cool stuff piled into one thing yeah totally well i think we should dive into the movie itself but first let's take a look at the back of the vhs god i'm so excited to use dumb 70s music again Haunted by the death of her father, Shinobu Yashiro is filled with vengeance. As an agent of the Japan Defense Agency, she leaps headfirst into the wild world of crime, crime, narrowing her sights onto the men with her family's blood on their hands. Norfumi Suzuki and the Japan Action Club take you on a ride you'll never forget, whether you want to or not. Sometimes she's a race car driver, sometimes a Yakuza, sometimes an old woman, but Etsuko Shihome is always high-flying as Shinobu Yashiro in The Great Chase. So, like you're saying, the movie starts with this, uh, the opening credits are over this, like, uh, like a race, like a uh, Formula One kind of, not Formula One, but I guess kind of, um, but like the uh, all these different like race cars driving, you can tell it's probably definitely stock footage. Yeah. Um, but an intercut with that's uh, Kujihomi very clearly in a green screen behind the wheel of the car. Yeah, and um, that that even right there, that just totally gives me like common rider vibes from yes. this era. Mm-hmm. No, a lot of this feels very. Like, I don't know how much of the feeling of tokusatsu is just 70s japanese film but it definitely is it's definitely gives me a lot of vibes of that yes and whenever she she of course wins the race because she's the best and and we see the the first outfit which is this polka dot uh jumpsuit with these red gloves and it's it's wild it's a look it's so (laughs) great yeah and i love when she gets out of the car and she's like facing the camera oh Um, but then she knows all of her cameras so it's like camera one camera two. it's just man (laughs) yeah there's the cam i mean every camera loves her too it's just Mm -hmm. like yeah like i said she's just magnetic um yeah and i know we usually have gifts that accompany the uh films we cover but i also feel like a lot of screen caps will be really good to just capture all of the flavors of this film because there's so much to look at if, yeah. even if i just catalog all of her different outfits i think it'd be worth seeing yeah, <laughs> yeah there's one Definitely. outfit that kind of um suggests like super mario's getup, kind of yeah, years <laughs> before bit, yeah. that was the thing she yeah. has one outfit that the first thing i thought of was the nintendo switch <laughs> Oh wow! Because oh, it has a red sleeve that. on one side and a blue sleeve on the other. Oh man! <laughs> uh, following her winning the race, they show her driving through the city, and actually, she's driving outfit a, number two. Yeah, outfit number two. She's got some really cool glasses on and like this furry red collar. Yeah. And she's a lot of high collared outfits, actually. Now that I think about it. Yeah, and a uh, scarf always looks cool mm-hmm. too. So you'll see her in a scarf a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, she's getting a message from, uh, like, 
I guess her mission command or her, you yeah. know, whatever. Charlie. Yeah. Yeah, it's totally like Charlie's Angels kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. I, I had to remind myself. Oh, this is 1975. Talking to someone on the phone in their car wasn't a thing that most people did. So that's a cool spy thing, <laughs> right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's cool stuff. She's because I first watched it. David Faze like, well, yeah, of course he's talking to him in the car. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's also driving a 1974 Trans Am. Which is uh, really kind of surprising for me to see uh, such an American car in a mm-hmm. Japanese film like this. And um, I, I got to say that uh, I've got like a Trans Am. It's a 79 Trans Am. Uh, it needs a lot of work. But anyways, <laughs> it's like it looks almost exactly the same except for the year model. And actually the, oh, cool. the album artwork that I did for Downforce that I worked on with Carl, I used that car as the basis for the artwork. So it's oh, cool. pretty cool seeing the trans am here as well dude that's amazing and of course i i can't think of a japanese film that has a trans am without thinking of red line <laughs> oh yeah yeah for sure that was definitely one of the influences for me so she gets to the to the i guess spy office and <laughs> um outfit number three she's wearing a, a or maybe it's just part of the previous outfit we just didn't see before with this um that jacket this, is like the, yeah this blue jacket or this white jacket and and her her mission commander we never get his actual name she just calls him oji sama mm-hmm. which is just kind of like i don't know it's just kind of a word for like a a, a respected older male person right <laughs> it's kind of yeah. those hard to translate and you things. gotta love the technology in this um in this kind of command room or whatever We've got like tape reels in the back mm-hmm. and maps that like slide up um yeah it's just awesome I, I love there's that shot um where there's this glass in the foreground that's mapping out like major metropolitan areas in asia and then it uh in it goes it connects to india and then it says bombay with an bombay instead of bombay yeah <laughs> <laughs> So we find out that she's kind of on the hunt for the man that she thinks killed her father because she we found out her a little later her father was was framed for something he didn't do and was killed by the by the yakuza and they the was it Henry something Henry, Henry Nagatani there Henry Nagatani is the 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 man she needs to seek out Speaking of cool this dude just yeah he just radiates cool man Yeah he's got like the you know to her yin uh, his yang he's like the the evil cool look where it's yeah, like yeah, totally. he's got like this uh, it almost looks like he's got makeup to make his cheeks look sunken in yeah and he's wearing like a cool suit with his, like kind of cool like hat and but he looks like a ghoul almost yeah, yeah. And this kind of brings us to our first um uh i guess sort of set piece and again i think most of these set pieces are driven by what would be a like incredibly cool situation so it's like oh monte carlo style gambling let's yeah let's do it did did any of y'all get scared that there was going to be blackface in the movie for a second Um, because whenever it cuts it cuts from them saying henry had some work in america it zooms in on the picture of him it then cuts to a black guy in the in the club and i was like no please no no." but it's not it's just a different guy (laughs) (laughs) we'll get a different uh uh badly represented (laughs) race later in the film (laughs) yeah fear not yep um 
But yeah, it's like a speakeasy kind of thing, and they say like some code words to to get in. The color of poppy is red. Um, and this is outfit number four, where she has this amazing like, what's it called? Where it's like the hat that has the little net thing in front of their face. I don't know what that's called. Yeah, where it has like a little veil connected yeah. to the hat. Yeah, not um, and not this, sure. this white sparkly dress, which is so funny too because you would think that a lot of your costumes would want you to blend into situations. But a lot of the times in this film, it's the opposite where it's like, no one else is going to be, you know, everybody's going to be looking at her based on how Mm. she's dressed. Either it's because she's beautiful or because Mm. she looks ridiculous. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. They're at a roulette table and she quickly uh, kind of engages in this back and forth with uh, Henry and speed um, of not trying to hide himself yeah he's <laughs> he not literally only is, throws a business card on the table that says his name yeah, yeah he's not only gambling you know out in the open but he's also like causing a huge scene <laughs> so yeah he's uh, not playing with chips he's like he's basically saying oh th- yeah this is like a he, check it's as good as cash for me yeah he, he writes like 300 yen or, or like three thousand yen on a right. business card <laughs> and he's yeah. kind of pulling the don't you know who i am thing yeah um but yeah, actually, the uh, security for the club kind of uh, approaches him, and there are a couple of big heavies here. So she uses this basically, you could see, like, to get on his good side, just so she can kind of work her way into his circle. But uh, yeah, we get totally. our first big fight here, mm-hmm. and it's it's great because she's wearing, like, this long dress. Yeah, like, like all the way to her feet, yeah. and is still doing these amazing high kicks, which mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen before. Yeah, it looks like so full. fun. Yeah. yeah, there's that great slow-mo sequence where she jumps onto the table. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's all very kind of theatrically lit and everything. Yeah. It's, yeah and the, the her jumping up and there's like the three quick shots that have like different lighting and stuff. Mm-hmm. So oh, fun. So wild. Um, but so the 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 guy's able to get away and he's he's she tries to chase down and <laughs> I know, I love she has this very innocent like oh man like like her <laughs> fist just kind of pumps a little bit it's like oh man <laughs> it's just it's just so it, it's actually it reminds me a lot of like like super sentai <laughs> like yep where you have to over overact yeah totally and then I think this takes us this might be the first time that we see her fan club yep um and yeah this is just such like a it's a cute idea and the environment and everything is just like so well, uh, the set is so well dressed and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Really just great change of color and tone kind of at this point in the movie. Right. Exactly. Her, um, her racing team, they're also kind of like her, uh, her fan club team. So it's like a brother and sister that run the shop and um, the sister's taking calls and the brother's running deliveries. It looks like. Mm-hmm. And, um, Actually, I got to mention more great cars, too, because there's uh, uh, <laughs> the character that comes in right now. She's driving a Nissan Fair Lady Z, and that's like one of my favorite cars ever. It's it's super awesome. I think this is a 72. And actually, this <laughs> this is from my brain. This isn't from I am the, the car movie <laughs> database, <laughs> mm-hmm. even though I could actually should check and see if there's probably a listing because there's so many cool cars in this movie. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a listing for this. But, um, yeah, this is, like, her old high school friend, uh, Yukiko, and -hmm. she's got, like, a really um, fancy outfit on. She looks like Mm -hmm. she's pretty well-to-do. It's cool because um, 
we were contrasting, like she's wearing this kind of all black outfit with mm-hmm. a similar hat and veil. Um, and I didn't, you know, kind of interpret it this way watching it the first time, but it's maybe a little bit of a clue to um, what this character's motives might actually be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. And we do also have to mention mm-hmm. Etsuko Shihomi's outfit. So yep. we're, we're... Number five. You, it's using a... Another yeah. outfit, and it's a Dallas Cowboys. This, this oh, furry rape infested movie is brought to yeah. you by the Dallas Cowboys. Oh no! <laughs> oh man! <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, very... yeah. She has this because when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh, cool! It's a wait, what?" <laughs> yeah, it's very. Interesting. But it looks great. It's it's funny. Her outfit looks very almost like naval because she mm-hmm. has like these these yeah, white totally like kind of does. flared out pants and like this blue sweater. But then also this Dallas Cowboys kind of sweater. Yeah. And in the next cut, she has uh, this amazing hat on, like this, uh, uh, I'm not 100%. It might be a Yeah, it's not like a newsboy. She has one one layer that's a newsboy cap, but it's like that. Uh, But yeah, that's when we found out they were were high school friends, and that's whenever her her father was thrown into into prison and... And I love they say he committed suicide and they show the pictures and he very clearly has like gashes all over his body. And in the flashback, uh, she's asking about it, too. She's like, well, what about all these scars to his face and body? Yeah. Yeah. They say like he drank poison and killed himself. Yeah. (laughs) He's got these huge gashes all over. And the the way that they show that this is in the past and is when she was in high school, she's just wearing like that sailor like... uh, yeah. high school girl outfit and it's so funny because like she's very clearly a woman in like her late 20s <laughs> it's like oh this teenage girl yeah it's great um there's a bunch of really great dramatic zooms in this oh, so uh, sequence. many zooms and she actually really pours her heart out like in despair for her lost father she has like some almost like scream qu- scream queen level screams crying mm-hmm. oh yeah him. totally yeah um, and we get some more good the cuts of her saying like you know I swear I won't forgive whoever di- did this while she's like looking out and onto the to the city. Yeah, it's so funny. As much as there's a lot of very like amateurish kind of filmmaking in some of the sh- this movie, sure, there are some amazing shots. Like yeah, just I, sprinkle yeah, it I all totally throughout. Agree. Yeah, it's a really cool like sm- smorgasbord of stuff. Um, I-, I feel like kind of every aspect of the filmmaking is is that way to some degree um, mm-hmm. on kind of the writing dialogue side. We have a, a lot of moments in the movie where characters are just kind of announcing what they already know to characters who mm-hmm. already know it. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, and then we have some really, I think kind of like clever and memorable, um, you know, character moments and phrases and that sort of a thing. And uh, yeah, same with the editing. There are occasionally these like really brilliant <laughs> editorial cuts. And then sometimes there's some, um yeah pretty <laughs> pretty rough uh passages so yeah it's, it's like okay it's cool. all right you can you can go to the next scene uh, okay you just you just okay <laughs> <laughs> um i would say similarly with the action i feel that way too because mm-hmm. there's a lot of times when the action it just feels like they're like all right you guys are gonna fight for a minute now but then there you you, you also get these moments where um I feel like it's whenever Etsuko Shihomi's doing anything high flying where it's like they really thought out this shot and how they want her to look and 
Etsuko Shihomi just takes to that so well. She looks so cool when she's doing like a stylish kick. So yeah, totally. It's like the same uh, situation there. So, but I I'll think that it serves this kind of fun exploitative energy of the film. So I I I really don't fault it for looking cheaper in some yeah. ways. No, oh no, not you. at all. Yeah, it's I mean yeah, that's that's the thing with a lot of these exploitation movies is you have to like. You kind of got to go into it knowing that, and then you'll enjoy it a lot more. <laughs> yeah. No, I oh, think yeah. you're totally right. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you're game, it's a yeah. probably a totally different experience mm-hmm. than um, some other kind of frame of mind. Yeah. And uh, now coming up, we're going to see uh, another kind of major character for part oh, of the film. amazing. <laughs> yeah, we're in a, like, a nightclub, and there's a lady that's uh, singing this ballad, and she's kind of got this... Uh, I don't know what the term is for you, but for for this, but anybody would recognize it as kind of like the tuxedo mask look. I was thinking exactly of Sailor Moon whenever I saw her. <laughs> yeah, so she's wearing. And she also eye. has this like carnation attached yeah, to the that, microphone. Yeah, with the, little, the with the flower. Yeah, it's perfect. So this is uh, a lady named. Uh, well, she's known as Maha. Fumiake, Mak Fumiake, and uh, she's actually uh, one of like the first big breakout female wrestling superstars out of Japan. So, um, in, right before this, she started wrestling, and um, actually, what I've read, and actually, I have to thank my friend Warren because he's just an endless fountain of information when it comes to uh, wrestling, and actually, like the fun kind of weird stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, she was actually gonna she wanted to be a singer and she was on like a uh like a talent show like a i think it was called a star is born and oh, cool. uh, she actually didn't win she got like second place so um all japan uh the women's wrestling actually approached her because she's so tall she's like five eight um they said hey we think you'd be great and she ended up becoming like a very famous wrestler actually won't when it comes to female wrestling at the time it was kind of like this back and forth between japan and the united states in the the wrestling association and when she showed up and won the championship it actually turned tables and made like japanese female wrestling uh a lot more popular so she's oh, wow. That's amazing. yeah she's pretty big in in her own uh, world and actually she's still pretty active like i i just like searched her on youtube and you'll still see like interviews with her like from like maybe like a month or two ago and uh, yeah she still looks great uh she's not wrestling anymore but she's been able to carry that personality on through the decades well and the the film is a really good vehicle for her as well yeah Um, yeah in i think in this opening scene you might expect um this to be kind of like a one and done character and uh yeah i think it's really clever how she's kind of brought back into the story <laughs> it's it's kind of a two and done character i was kind of <laughs> yeah, i was kind of hoping go. she would come into it a little more later but but yeah but she's I, amazing in this yeah and i'd also say that uh similarly to uh hoiro tekken you know we had abdullah the butcher in that yeah, film and he was yeah. he was a known wrestler and famous in japan uh for you know almost as a character unto himself and um mak fumiyake would actually be in it's kind of an infamous role but also kind of cool uh camera film um i forget which one 
it is i think it's gamera like super monster one of the older gamera films and she plays like a, a space alien character in there and uh, i think oh, cool. anybody that knows her knows her uh from that so uh that's really cool too so she was able to get like these roles like in like um movies like here and there and like i said she wanted to be a singer so um in this film we're introduced to her as a singer and then we see her as a wrestler so that's pretty <laughs> cool yeah and the the sign next to her literally just says the singing wrestler <laughs> yeah that's that's great really fun mm-hmm. and she towers over everyone uh like i said like yeah she's, yeah really anytime she's in a action sequence she mm-hmm. looks like she's almost twice as tall as everybody else mm-hmm. yeah man and this and yeah we're soon introduced to um one of the coolest disguises of the movie yeah yeah number number seven now i think uh yeah it's this kind of almost like 30s gangster Mm -hmm. uh meets japanese businessman um yeah it's awesome and she she just pulls this off like Mm -hmm. so yeah so well I, i i almost think um I, I yeah anyway like i think she passes for this character like super well i yeah. kind of wonder if you just started playing the movie here um if anyone would kind of pick up on it yeah, it'd be yeah. Interesting. i gotcha i was gonna say yeah it's the for me it's the most convincing of all her outfits though where she's mm-hmm. trying to deceive people yeah although i will say some of the later outfits probably would be more convincing if you didn't know like you weren't expecting it to to be an outfit Right, and you weren't like chewing up the scenery and yeah. trying to get everybody's <laughs> yeah. attention. Yeah. yeah, putting the spotlight on you at all so, times. So we go to like a back room in the in the club, I guess. Where I, oh, this is so it's, fun! It's so yeah. it's like a bunch of fighting game characters, yeah. like trying to audition to be part of the game. Because there's like a guy that throws cars, and like cuts a doll's head off. This guy that smashes a rock on his head, and a guy that like throws daggers. <laughs> This this motley crew, yeah, and Dude, they're it, all like competing with each other in a, mm-hmm. a way. It's it's really fun. Yeah, and this is where we. I really sort of like the structure of the movie overall, and that um, our heroine is kind of climbing up this ladder of revenge, and she finds that at each rung, um, there's someone actually more dangerous and more mm-hmm. responsible for her father's death that she has yeah. to find. Um, and it's this sort of thing that we've we've seen before, but. Yeah, I think it's really clean and works really well here. Uh, also, yeah, it feels like it kind of kind of a forerunner to to video games. But yeah, <laughs> this tor- torture scene of Henry is pretty uh, pretty memorable. Yeah, she sneaks in and we see them in the in this what kind of a room with electricity in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah sure it's what, like the, sure. it's like the main electric room for this building. Yeah, yeah. and they're 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 torturing Henry. And uh, and uh, we get another one of those great like she sees him and just like cutting and they're it's funny they're specifically talking about her father getting killed <laughs> right it's like right. Why, why would they bring that up right now but... <laughs> it's like I said like in you the, remember uh... how I killed him <laughs> yeah. yeah I do why are you talking about this dude? yeah I almost I was expecting to hear like the <laughs> yeah it's all structured like a twenty minute tokusatsu like sentai show like Mm -hmm. you you know we have to put everything on the surface like there's (laughs) there's no subtlety but it's in like a movie that's like an hour and a half long Mm -hmm. (laughs) right (laughs) but so they hook him up to the to electricity and and to to start 
kind of torturing him. And one of my favorite shots in the movie is they like crank it up really high and then all the lights cut out and we hear all these guys getting beat up and then the lights come back on and Henry's gone. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. Like a ninja vanish without a mm-hmm. trace. And yeah, it's cool. We have this brief little moment um, where she's sort of helping Henry escape and, you know, I think now realizing that he wasn't the the big kahuna or whatever behind this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I th- this is I think this part is really cool where it's like he takes <laughs> he takes off his wig. Yeah, um, he's wearing a wig the whole time. <laughs> which is awesome. And then he's got this key to like a, a locker, basically. Um so yeah, with his dying breath, he's he's trying to hand over this key. And this next moment <laughs> dude, this is because I was prepared for something like weird and crazy in this movie, because you had kind of alluded to that, Carlos. I kept yeah. waiting for what it would be. And initially I thought this is what it was. That you have this I'm sorry, kind of it's he's supposed to be an American yeah, Indian. Especially he looks blowing, like American Indian. Like <laughs> with like a blow with these dart blow thing. darts that go into like yeah, he's shooting into Henry's eyes and stuff. And I'm like, this is so so weird. <laughs> this, um, so I almost thought this was it, but I, <laughs> some part of me knew better. What I yeah, what <laughs> I said, and it's totally true. Um, there were like maybe like three moments in this movie when I was watching it where I literally had to say what out loud. <laughs> This was the first moment because <laughs> uh, uh, we mentioned this kind of rogues gallery that they showcased a little earlier. This man is nowhere to be seen in that uh, room. And then out of nowhere, we just see this uh, assassin. And I, I like that he has these. Well, I mean, it's horrible, but he has these really great like blow darts like and that mm-hmm. seems to be his only form of attack. <laughs> like <laughs> he's like, OK, I, I killed this other guy. Now I have to throw the rest of my blow darts. He doesn't like try to fight at all. That's like literally his only gimmick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun. So she runs away and into like the dressing room and gets a and gets to do a scuffle with uh, the the wrestling lady. It's it's a fun little it's a fun little scene. Got a good a lot of good throws and yeah, this is cool. Like, I'm, I'm I was really, kind of remind yeah. Sorry, I'm really glad to hear that she that she's in a lot of other stuff. This this uh, what did you say her name was? Maha. Ma. Well, in J- in Japanese, it's it's mach like M A C H like the, oh, gotcha. the measurement of speed. Yeah, but um in in Japanese you'll always see that uh, pronounced maha like okay. um speed racer in Japan is called maha gogo. And mm-hmm. so it's like mock go go. Yeah. So, uh, okay. yeah, that's that's their term. Actually, okay. uh, Mike, my buddy Mike. Yeah, I was that gonna say, is that where he? Yeah. Well, it's it's based on a common rider character, but gotcha. um, it Same fits him very well. So, and honestly, uh, you know, this film, Mike, Mike's told me about this film for a long time, and I was I knew about it, and I was just sitting on it, and it was literally one of these moments where after I saw it, I had to like apologize to him for not watching it sooner (laughs) (laughs) like couldn't believe it yep Mm -hmm. there's some fun uh stunts here where uh etsuko shiomi's kind of getting tossed around by uh fumiake and um yeah she's still in this like man's disguise and it still looks super believable actually Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i love how um uh, Fumiake, she's kind of got like her squad. They, she seems like she's a good guy, and it's kind of like this uh, misunderstanding. So it's like this kind of almost like a rival kind of fight. But um, 
Shinobu ends up escaping in the middle of things. Somehow. It's like, yeah, she like slams her into this case and then they like lose her for a moment. But then when everybody else shows up, she like, it's very strange. She jumps to the ceiling yeah and then uh the bad guys are tossing their like projectiles at her so like pinning her suit to the ceiling it seems like but then there's like a moment where like some clothes fly down like almost like maybe she threw a jacket as a distraction and then she's gone it's very (laughs) weird but it's like okay whatever (laughs) right yeah like we said um it's part of the fun of the movie is like how sporadic the filmmaking is too. And you have certain sequences where you imagine the director being like really proud of what he's constructed. And then mm. there's some other moments where it's like, yeah, it's fine. It works, but sir, that makes no yeah, sense. And we checked off every, we, che- we checked off everything for the day. Oh, but how does she get out? Uh, she leaves through the roof, but how does she, she leaves through the roof. <laughs> yeah. Um, cigar in mouth yeah mm-hmm. yep so here we have another we got 10 outfit. more of these to shoot today <laughs> yeah we've got another outfit change for like one shot where she's kind of <laughs> she goes to the locker where the key was but they're all over there so she sees them grab an item and then uh, it takes you to what i'd assume is their like office or their base and we immediately get another outfit change and let's go or oh, shinobu here is dressed as an old lady <laughs> and she's hamming it up man mm. it's it's so funny uh she says she's there to like um uh she's there to work to serve them tea and they're like we asked for a young lady and uh she's like huh like she can't hear what they're saying right. and then she does like the kind of typical old lady thing where it's like oh my husband died recently he was like a very handsome man it's so yeah, sad like losing the plot and kind of like <laughs> Yeah. yeah, annoying everybody. It's amazing. Yeah, and she's just really funny. It's wearing onion on my belt was the style at the time. <laughs> yes, exactly. But yeah, like this showcases kind of her comedic side too. So I think that that uh, really comes across well. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And then this other woman comes in who's wearing this equally amazing outfit to some stuff that Esko Shiomi wears with mm-hmm. with this like this long red trench coat with this black hat and these sunglasses. It's an yeah, amazing look. Yeah, and I actually, um, the first time I watched it, I was a little confused because she's kind of dressed similarly to when uh, Etsuko's character meets uh, Yuko, friend. her friend. Yeah. yeah. So when I first watched it, I thought this was the same character, but they're two mm-hmm. different characters, but yeah. she's just as stylish. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of Carmen San Diego ish. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. a little bit. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> She's a lot more evil um, than Carmen San Diego, though, as the yeah, movie goes on. And uh, um, yeah, so we see what was in the um, not a safe deposit box, but that locker or whatever, and it's these incriminating uh, slide photos. Um, <laughs> these are great too. Yeah, they're um, so kind of perfectly shot for like every yeah every like her- horrible crime that these guys have have committed, um, and they're in this really cool yeah. What would you call this? It's it's almost like a ceremonial urn or something. Yeah, let's say it, it makes me think of like a jar thing your grandma would have in her house for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> With like, some hard candies in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, some dude. Werther's originals in there. Yep. Or it had Werther's at one point, and now it's just full like buttons and quarters or something. 
<laughs> yeah, totally. So we see the first kind of like uh, what Marty's saying, this escalation of like the villains. The first like major boss is in a meeting here with this woman and it seems like his boss or kind of an equal rank uh, official. And this guy's actually uh, Masashi Ishibashi, who we saw as the villain in the Street Fighter and actually the the major villain in Jaka Dengekitai, which I think in the episode we watched. Oh, right. Yeah, he was just there for like a scene. But um, that's the dude that I said looks like Mr. Bean, and I stick to that. He looks like <laughs> Mr. Bean. <laughs> and he's, yeah, he's great in this role and the kind oh, of like yeah. dyed gray beard and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And yeah, I like how he, he plays kind of like a broader villain thing, um, kind of mugging to the camera a lot. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it really works. So old lady pulls uh oh I'm spilling the tea on here oh no and then when the vil- <laughs> when she leaves and the villains look back inside then they see that the uh the the, the film is gone yeah and another kind of it. logic thing here because it's all in one shot and you clearly can see that she had no way of <laughs> like swiping the swiping the photos even I just think, one cutaway would maybe work i don't know i think shinobu just has superpowers in this movie dude that's because totally she definitely right. does some some amazing jumps and, and kicks that are like i feel like if she can phase through the ceiling she could phase through to get to get the film right. on this little thing yeah and then um, this is amazing because she's running away but trying to stay kind of in character yeah <laughs> so they're like her walk um as this old lady and then we see these two two women walking down the hallway and uh i think th- is this the first time we see barbara the nun yeah so it's barbara the nun and that's yukiko her her yeah. her high school friend she's like and this is nice on? because um Etsuko's character can recognize her but obviously since she's dressed as this old woman she kind of goes unnoticed and this is where I think she first kind of puts together there's something not quite right with her friend. And I tried yeah. looking up some information about the woman that plays Barbara, the nun, because mm. her name is uh, Jill Bryson, which is not a very Japanese name. So I was thinking there has to be some interesting story there. And there probably is, but I couldn't find anything about her online. So There are some moments in the film where you hear her speaking English and she almost sounds like she has a French accent. So, mm-hmm. um, interesting. Yeah, she could I believe be that. French. I'm not sure. So she escapes to the to the bathroom and sees this other woman just trying to touch up her makeup, and, and she uh, we see her walking out wearing the outfit that the woman was wearing. Um, yeah, that's pretty great. <laughs> And then whenever they look in the bathroom, the other woman is like tied up in the old lady outfit in the stall, which I like that she bothered to put the old lady outfit on the other person. Yeah, yeah that's totally. a perfect like touch. <laughs> yeah, preserve her dignity. I guess. <laughs> um, it's so then again, this that's I guess that's kind of a thing with a lot of exploitation movies is some stuff like that could be on like a kid's show. Or something like a Get Smart or something. Like a, totally. a show, like a total yeah. family show. Yeah. And then we get the thing that happens in the two scenes from now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right, right, right. So uh, she gets those photos and she actually is able to look through. And this is where you see um, <laughs> all the staged pictures. Yeah. And she's with the fan, the fan club siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, <sighs> sorry. <laughs> it's hard rewatching. Um, yeah we won't spoil what kind of happens with these characters but it's not what you think (laughs) um all right so uh, So here's the next 
Now it's the scene where I was like, oh, this is what Carlos was talking about. Or it better be what he's talking about. Right. Like, yeah. So we cut over to this this mansion and we see like an old school phonograph. And then we see a picture of Hitler, (laughs) which doesn't come up at all the rest of the movie. But I guess just, hey, evil person lives here. I think we saw that in Horotekin. We did. Yeah, we totally did. You know, it's like kind of like. It's like, this. this is a shorthand for yeah. like people that are sympathetic to bad guys, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So know. you know that bad and also Mozart's happening. Requiem is playing over the yeah totally oh over yeah the, right so. right um, and, and then uh, <laughs> and then we yeah. see a woman's legs up in the air over a couch and then we see a person in like a weird rat bear outfit. <laughs> That is full costume, yeah. Grabbing um, some boobs. Grabbing some boobs, yeah. And, and yeah, and it's it's just weird because it's like it's a lot of really yeah, it's somehow well like shot. not sexual. It's like <laughs> it's weird. It's there's something strange. Yeah, it's just it's surreal. It. Yeah, totally. like it's so wild and like on it. It's this is a sentence I never thought I would say in my life, but if it wasn't for the bear outfit. Then I could see this being like a, a scene in another, like a sex scene in another movie that's actually shot like, like there's some decently well shot things. It's not like too terribly exploitative, at least not in this point. Right. But there's yeah, a guy in a bear does, suit. Yeah. It's definitely the most directed uh, scene in the film. <laughs> Dude, right? I was just thinking that it's like um, there definitely seemed to have been a lot of care and time mm-hmm. put in to these sequences and some really. Uh, some of the most interesting cinematography is happening here. Um, and I don't want to yeah. make a GIF that has no, no. nudity in it, but <laughs> I was like, I so want to make a GIF where it's like the woman like standing up and the bear guy is just like following her from behind. Because it's can, like, yeah. what? You could, what? I suppose you could pixelate or throw some yeah. emojis on it or something. I, th- I think you could definitely uh, set up some uh, GIFs that don't have any boobs in them yeah that would just be like out of context a bear and a lady like yeah (laughs) the other thing i want to mention is i did find this on youtube um actually warren found it and sent it my way and uh once i knew it was on youtube i was like all right is this scene in this version and no they cut out all the nudity but it actually makes the scene even funnier because you've got this bear and the the legs and like it doesn't really lead to much and then it cuts away and you're like left like with like a what what just happened it might make the villain scarier (laughs) i don't know Uh, another it's funny because at this point like at this like you can tell later it's probably not quite this but it seems pretty consensual at this point like it's like "Ah, they're just into some weird stuff it's weird but it's not yeah yeah totally you can um, see her like after you know whatever happened. She's just chilling in the yeah. room, right? Then that the one phone... shot's actually really terrific, where she's like upside down in the frame, and her hair is like filling the frame. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's 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 not totally clear. It's supposed to be that she's kind of like sexually brainwashed or something mm-hmm. by this dude. But mm-hmm. yeah, it we don't find that out until later. Yeah. Um. And this is our main uh, villain of the film. Yeah, and if you can tell. Yeah, yeah. When he takes his 
his mask off. It's yeah, he's just kind of a dude. I don't know how to explain it. Like it's so yeah. underwhelming. Mm-hmm. And he does this smile to the camera, kind of. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy, dude. Um, he's like a politician, uh, according to the film. Um, he's played by Ben Amatsu, who shows up in a lot of uh, Norifumi Suzuki's uh, work in this time and uh, a lot of movies, or movies around uh, the seventies, like right now. Yeah. <laughs> And then um, he has kind of an interesting scene with his kind of compatriots or whatever. And he starts outlining this incredible drug plan where he's going to use the Catholic Church to smuggle one billion dollars worth of heroin. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And uh, yeah, there's a great shot when one of the guys is asking like, one billion? Um, and yeah, I think the, the nuns kind of reenter in this yeah Um, you see uh yukiko and the other woman and so after their meeting we we go to like the like a little sushi restaurant and and it's funny because speaking of the hitler stuff this guy has like that little tooth yeah totally i guess we we could call it a charlie chap one yeah i call it charlie chap well i was afraid that it was gonna turn into like he's this crazy sushi chef and also he really likes hitler for some reason like i could see (laughs) that happening in this movie it doesn't. Oh know. man, he just has but, a yeah. This dude is he's um, he's someone that had devoted his his life to wrestling, but he kind of missed his shot mm-hmm. um, at the at the big time. Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, he's actually um, the father to um, wait. What's her character's name? In, they in just the call movie? her Makfumiake in the film. Like oh, okay. she yeah. she has her same name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of larger than life. That's cool. Yeah. And then, yeah, she kind of like re-enters the movie, and we have kind of a cool. Um, oh, and this is where this is where somewhere. this is where Atsuko is wearing the Nintendo Switch outfit. Yeah, totally. And, has, <laughs> and like, it has like a Mar- it's a very Mario ish vibe. It is, too, yeah, so, yeah. And the red overalls and the hat also. Oh, I love that hat. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, she gets uh, Shinobu gets a bouquet of fo- <laughs> flowers from a fan, but <laughs> they also notice that the bouquet is ticking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, There's like a giant alarm clock in there. Um, right. The the brother tosses it out of the restaurant before it blows up. And then Dude, I I've gotta say the sushi chef, he's like putting everything he's got into this part. Um <laughs> after the bomb goes off. It's like Oh he's, yeah, he's like he's falling. playing it like this giant um mm-hmm. you know like block wide explosion and we just saw it it was like a firecracker or something but um, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's amazing there is a fun moment too in uh mak fumiyake's wrestling in her first scene where she body slams one of the other wrestlers and they play it like the whole like club that they're in is shaking so you see everybody in the background moving yeah, around like that's really cool. like star trek <laughs> yeah on yeah. the, on the yeah. deck <laughs> And yeah, then this, really I don't know about you guys, but this is maybe one of my favorite kind of fights mm. of, mm. Uh, yeah, it's a good of one. the movie. Yeah, yeah, this is where they kind of, you can almost see like, let her rip. Like, let's go, whatever you want to do, let's just do it right now. This will be fun. <laughs> uh, it's like this alleyway fight and uh, Makfumiake is kind of like this, it's like this simple kind of heroics to her where she's like, Oh, these are the bad guys. I'm gonna join you to the fight. So she gets wrapped into the fight as well. And we also have yeah. like our rogues where we have like the headbutt monk. Actually, like uh Drunken Master. Remember that headbutt uh monk that, yeah, that fights Iron Head. Yeah, Wong Fei Hung. That's 
pretty similar to what this guy's oh, up dude, to. Oh, dude, it's to- it's totally like that. Mm. Yeah, uh, and, and then you ha- there's this delightful moment where um, Makfumiyake's character recognizes like um, where she knew where she saw Shinobu before, but it's all good. And they just kind of like team up in the mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. It's super fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And even her father gets wrapped up into the fight a little bit <laughs> where he tries to like smash a bottle on top of the monk's head and he just reacts to it. Like nothing happened. That's really great. And I also really like how all of the people that fight Makfumiake, they're like, it's like they're selling the moves, like as if they were in wrestling, you mm-hmm. know, like when she does like a shoulder toss to them, they do a full role and everything. It's it, it actually adds to her character, I think. Mm-hmm. So they they beat up all the dudes and she she chases down like the, the head guy. And that's another one of my favorite shots is whenever um, well, actually, right before that. Sorry, I'm scrubbing through. Right before that, there's this one super duper anime thing where the guy like turns a quarter and like trips up on his feet like a couple of times and then keeps running. <laughs> like I've I've yeah, never seen awesome. a person <laughs> in real life do that, but um, but then she does like a like I'm sure there's like a trampling behind it, but she does like this full jump over a car to to stop it from that. getting into it. Oh, it's such a good shot. And there's like a sound effect to go with her jump, which is great. Mm-hmm. And she roughs him up and is about to to get some information out of him. And then, <laughs> then there's a drive-by shooting. And yeah, they get killed. street. Yeah, you better watch out. Mm-hmm. You need a <laughs> drive-by. <laughs> a very slow-moving drive-by. <laughs> and so it's so, another, um, another dead end. But... yeah. The man is wearing a, a rosary, or, or right? Like a, yeah, and it has, I guess, has the church on it. Yeah, it, it says Saint it George. Saint Ma- oh yeah, Saint George. Yeah, it says Saint George on the back of the cross. It's and I guess cool. maybe there's less Catholic churches in Japan, but so I guess it narrows it right. down a little more. But yeah, and yeah, um, now we get to sort of see Shinobu as a nun, and this is this is another super convincing outfit. Um, and another unforgettable concept. Yep. Um. <laughs> There's a secret meeting in this church, and I think it's funny that everybody's dressed as a nun here. I feel like maybe they... I don't know if they just didn't understand how that works, but there's a bunch of men that are also dressed as nuns, <laughs> nuns for this ceremony. It's like mostly male nuns, I want to say. <laughs> and the other thing is, too, that... Um, Outside of her wearing the habit, she's just, you know, she's not in disguise, really. And they're among, like, their insiders, right? Mm-hmm. So how is she infiltrating if she's yeah, just like, there? Yeah, yeah. she just come in and it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm with them. And it's like, wait a second. <laughs> so they open this coffin, and there's a naked lady in the coffin. So here I am again saying, what? Yeah. <laughs> and then right. uh, it goes one step further where um, it's they use, like, a... <sighs> like a practical like it's like a doll that they yeah cut like a cpr open. dummy or something maybe. yeah um, cpr dummy is perfect <laughs> and yeah the our main bad guy he's dressed as almost like a bishop or some kind of high priest or something and he's like cutting into her side and we see that it's there's not human tissue or yeah. blood or organs which, <laughs> it's completely dry which I well i guess i guess it would I suppose it's probably it's supposed to be a person, but they just I guess just didn't have the budget for a, 
like a, right. a bloody something or other. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel but like then, it's, yeah, he pulls the heroin pouches out. Yeah. And it, I mean, but it's a lot less gross if you don't have blood to go with it. Cause then it's like, Oh, well it's just a CPR dummy that they put. <laughs> it's just a very <laughs> yeah, lifelike totally. doll that they put into the coffin. And it's a great. billion dollars of heroin is like not very not well. It's a billion heroin yen, at this time. So, uh, which granted, <laughs> I like that. Which granted, still a lot of money, but yeah. I guess it's a little less than. Yeah. See, I was wondering about that because in the earlier don't know scene, the street value of heroin in the mid. I thought I read in my but... subtitles where they were talking about a billion dollars. I, oh. I thought it actually said dollars, and then they said how many yen would that? But I must. Have that's in a. Heard. They do say that, but that's in a different part. They do say oh, a okay. billion yen. <laughs> nice and so narc barbara figures out that there's 11 nuns but they're supposed to only be 10 so <laughs> Dude, these guys are sharp <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i uh, like that uh, at first i was like oh is she gonna like throw the blame on another person but now she kind of gives up pretty fast and just starts uh beating up and running away and yeah, we have a chance at a pretty cool church fight sequence, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really last very long. She, I, I don't, you can't tell because she's in the habit, but I wonder if she's doubled for all those backflips because there's somebody doing some strong acrobatics in this scene. Mm-hmm. But whether or not that was her or not, it's definitely her when she's leaping through a stained glass window <laughs> yeah. and it freeze frames on her face. It's great. It freeze frames yeah, for like a half a second cool freeze frames. Then, yeah. and then keeps going. Yeah, actually, yeah. they use freeze frames similarly to John Woo, where it's like sometimes you'll freeze frame just for emphasis. Like yeah, when she totally. screams out for her father, it freeze frames right. on her. And I in think... a later sequence with the explosions on the hill, mm-hmm. um, we, we get one of those with one of her flips. But yeah, so she makes her way back to the car and um, the fan club yeah. brother is He's, is not yeah. there. And then and this is... Earlier, the we saw the, the girl get... Uh, get kidnapped or presumed kidnapped yeah 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 ex- yeah exactly um and this yeah this is a very this, this is, is the this is the the assault scene yeah yeah my... so the brother is strung up and he's basically forced to watch as the villain in a bear suit um <laughs> rapes his sister yeah. violently so um, the only note I have is just strong yikes. I, I wrote big yikes. Wrote. So did you? I did. <laughs> oh, oh man. Yeah, it's oh, it's brutal. Man, it's it's uh you know, we're in exploitation, but yeah. it's like, man, this is a this is a little too far, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then There's it's some, a little uh, unclear, like at first I'm like, did does he kill her? now or what because then like there's a quick quits where she had like scrapes on her body yeah and then it looks like she's like hanging or something yeah and the uh inomata the boss is really rubbing it in the the brother's face and um he ends up spitting on him and you see him like this super tight zoom where i think even his eye is twitching Hmm. so you're kind of left to you know figure out what his fate will be after uh showing such disrespect Mm -hmm. to our villain so, I think yeah. uh, following this, though, I think this is my favorite outfit of uh, Shinobu's. Yeah, dude. Dallas Cowboys come back. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, she's got like a Dallas Cowboys like... It's like a Letterman's like a jacket. Let- it's what yeah, think Letterman's of, jacket. With this white but, scarf. And I think she might have worn this earlier, but we didn't see it for very long if we did. So. Mm, okay. And she has the kind of... 
as we'll see through the rest of the movie, kind of the trademark red gloves that she wears. Oh a couple man, of times. that's that's what seals the deal. Oh man. yeah, she looks I like love such a the boss. red gloves. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's cool because it, I, after talking uh, to my wife about the movie after I watched it, I was like, because she's like, "What's it about?" I'm like, "Well, it's about this race car driver lady who's like a spy." And oh wow, she never does race car stuff in the rest of the movie. No. <laughs> I mean, they refer to the fact that she's a famous driver at least, yeah. but yeah. So the gloves are kind of a nod to that, even though she doesn't do any like cool car chases or whatever. Yeah. I like that. Um, and yeah, there is some fun in games with her kind of infiltrating the mansion here, but it's also, <laughs> yeah, it's also very kind of seeped in the tragedy that we just, mm-hmm. just experienced. Yeah. You also get this like interesting like keyhole like peeping shot where she's snooping <laughs> around, and it's funny like yeah they frame it with the keyhole, mm. but you see that Yukiko is kind of uh, she's like a slave to her addiction. Mm-hmm. She's like addicted to drugs, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, that's why she's working with yeah. these guys. And then yeah, Shinobu goes into another room and sees the the brother dead and hanging upside down, and it's rough. Yeah, that's a bummer. Mm-hmm. And then she uh, goes to another room and sees sees this um, that that woman that we saw earlier that that uh, uh, the Carmen San Diego yeah the Carmen San Diego yeah. woman. What do they say her name? I feel like I they have to say it at some it. point. Um, yeah, I'm not okay. sure. I'm glad y'all had a hard time finding that too. So yeah, <laughs> but she looks like she's trying to feed this like suit of armor in the room with a ban- with a banana yeah, a banana. And yeah, it seems as though she's like maybe kind of lost her senses. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, actually Shinobu follows up and looks inside the suit of armor. Um, and it's her her fan club friend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. And she gets her out and is like, you know, we're going to get you out of here. And like, it, it, and it really does, it, like, it feels like it's going, like she's actually going to, you know, to like maybe make it out like scarred but you know make it out and not just immediately die but, but then she immediately dies and gets a spear thrown through her back yeah so of all things yeah the double doors fly open and there's the group of villains there and one of them's holding like a lance and he just like <laughs> shoots it across the room and kills her it's like whoa <laughs> This is a weirdly, like, for as much violence as there is, there's not a terrible amount of blood in this movie, mm. which is yeah, just kind of weird. Point. It's just weird yeah, where they weird. would... Bear assault's fine, but a bloody back <laughs> after getting stabbed, I don't know. Right. <laughs> um, the other well, we thing do get that's... some flashes of blood in there. Yeah, next kind yeah. Of, uh, yeah. A little torture scene. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. So uh, Inomata, the, the leader, is with this group, and he holds a gun up to Shinobu. And there's, like, a hilarious, like, multi, like, zoom-in shot of, <laughs> like, it cuts to her eyes, and then it cuts to his eyes, and it cuts to the gun, mm-hmm. and it cuts to him again. It's so oh, funny. It's good. And this is all while she's wearing this Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. sweatshirt <laughs> that's torn and bloody and mm-hmm. chained. And yeah. like... Oh man, uh, it's especially funny because it's like the NFL is so protective of the copyright; it's like crazy. Um, so there's something about seeing this that's that's amazing. But again, it's funny where it decides to be exploitative and where it doesn't, because like obviously we've seen you know a little bit of, of nudity, 
but she's like wearing like the full thing and like it's a little ripped up but like you see no skin other than like you know her arms and her face like right. it's pretty conservative given that she's like being chained up and whipped so well yeah and actually that's a good point too because uh it's Shihomi as the main uh hero here in this whole film she's like this i mean uh even I mean, she's chained up here, right? But throughout the whole film, she's not sexualized. Mm-mm, it's like not at all. You're, yeah, she's so idolized true. because she's like beautiful and a hero and stuff. But they never exploit her. But in yeah, that. not idol, not idolized is like a a sex object or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so that's pretty cool. And oh yeah, then, I, I mean, I like that. It's in a I, when you wouldn't think you would say that in a movie like that, but that that's pretty cool. Like that's a pretty you know. Uh, like a thing that I wish more modern stuff would even do, you know? Yeah, yeah. dude, 100%. Yep. So Yukiko shows up and lets her down. And uh, they have, uh, this is like almost like a repeat of what had just happened with uh, Nagiko, her mm-hmm. friend. And um, just when you think that she's going to be, you know, redeemed or she's going to be saved, uh, she also gets killed. And, <laughs> It's kind of messed up too because that other like woman mm-hmm. has like the needles that she spits out at people oh, for some reason. Eye. And, yeah. yeah, like in between the eyelids. It's mm-hmm. uh... yeah, they do the freeze frame like practical effect mm-hmm. where right. like it, you know they cut to a frame where there there's an object stabbing something. Yeah, and then this there's a brief little fight against the Carmen San Diego mm-hmm. woman, and this is another one of those scenes that seems like maybe uh we're kind of moving the production along doesn't, yeah doesn't right. fully make sense like mm-hmm. what how she's taking yeah it, she but. gets like she hits like a valve and like steam shoots in her face i guess and and <laughs> then that's and that's a wrap on her yeah, um, yeah. see you later lady and they kill <laughs> they in, in the course of five minutes they've killed off every other woman in the movie so <laughs> right oh man so uh shinobu escapes and she runs into the um nuki i think is his name was or i i forget his name but the the sword uh tossing uh oh, rogue yeah 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 and actually what ends up happening is you find out that he's with the organization that she works for but he's like undercover so they set it up so um, he like attacks her and she falls off of a bridge. I mean, there's a really fun like dummy fall like off of bridge <laughs> shot, <laughs> and so they think that she's dead now. Mm-hmm. The the villains do, mm-hmm. and uh, that basically sets up uh, all the craziness that we'll see in mm-hmm. the next scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we. We're talking about a fighting game. Whenever uh, this next scene, they drive out to like this lake house thing and it's these like representatives from like all across the world and it's it is very like it reminds me a lot of of street fighter and like the broad like it's not racist but it's very broad the way that Mm -hmm. a lot of the people are are depicted yeah that's well put um and it's just they're all wearing like these super stereotypical kind of like outfits and stuff um and we find out that there's one more representative (laughs) coming that's this like ancient old woman from cambodia and it's oh man and it's very clearly it's Kushihomi wearing another old lady outfit it's so funny that she wears two different old lady outfits in this <laughs> yeah that, it was I in her rider that. or something mm-hmm. yep um and yeah i love the crazy teeth with this mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me of some of the wild makeup that um 
uh, Yun Chung Yan will have in like the Miracle Fighters movies, or actually in Drunken oh. Tai Chi, he yeah. he was kind of made up that way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. But I mean, I think the the good thing you can say about it is yeah, once again, um, Etsuko's t- comic timing and everything is really mm-hmm. really sharp. Oh yeah, in this stuff. Now she's. Like it's it really is a shame that she wasn't like she was in a I know she was in a bunch of stuff in like a very short period but it's a shame she wasn't like you know in even more stuff because she's so good. I think this is another case of um uh so I got married and had kids in her thirties yeah, and focused on yeah being a mom. so like I think in the early eighties maybe I think eighty three or something um she met somebody uh in the industry they got married and then she retired mm-hmm. so um. Yeah. Again, we have this situation where um, it's like, all right, you're done yeah. now. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like yeah, you, you had your fun. Now it's time for you to do the real women's work. You know. Why? Very... Yeah, it's such an interesting dynamic, and it uh, it comes up almost any time we're featuring mm-hmm. a great uh, Asian actress. Which is like, on the one hand, we tend to see like higher quality like character representation inside the movies, kind of like what we're talking about mm-hmm. here than some of what goes on in the West. Honestly, even in 2020, some of what goes on with Mm -hmm. Western female characters in films. But then behind the scenes and on the industry side, um, it's just such a familiar tale, Mm -hmm. this kind of like marrying out of the business of being an actor. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I mean, and granted, it could have just been her choice. Like maybe she really did just want to get out of it, but but you never know. And it's it's such a common thing. So I'm really glad that Michelle Yeoh has been in so much stuff like like even, you know, whenever she wasn't like, quote unquote, in her prime, she was still mm-hmm. making a lot of movies because as we see in the West a lot, women in their 30s and 40s aren't in movies. So, yeah, right. actually, in the Master Z uh, spinoff from Ip Man, mm-hmm. she's got some really great action uh, sequences. You can see that there's some doubling going well, on, but she's still killing it. And that's. It, that's funny too because it's like that's like a post crazy rich asians where it's like you know that was such a i mean mm-hmm. another big hit for her that mm-hmm. you could see her being like all right i don't need to do like any crazy action mm-hmm. but she's like no nah, this is fun stuff i really want to do it yeah. so you can mm-hmm. see i think that's on netflix and actually as we're or as we're talking master about master z or crazy rich asians um master z uh, mm, I believe yes. is on Netflix, and uh, Ip Man Four is actually going to be on Netflix. I think within the week. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, saw that. Yeah. That might oh, be a, that might be an emergency episode. Can't so. wait. Oh yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, oh totally, that'd be great. Dang, yeah, Mi- Michelle. So I mean, Michelle kind of makes crazy rotations work. I, I really enjoyed the movie, but yeah, that's what yeah, I'm saying. It's awesome. like you know, yeah. you could see her being like, "All right, I, I you know, I landed another big one. Now I, I don't need to put in the effort to." have these crazy fight scenes anymore <laughs> anyways yeah. great chase oh, that's awesome um <laughs> so the Sorry. No, no it's it's totally fine um it's still asian cinema, it is still asian cinema. <laughs> uh, so now is when the time whenever she she reveals herself she gives this whole this whole speech talking about like you know all the people that she's been disguised as but they they didn't see it um, and then she, yeah. it's this, it's almost, I, I think actually you said, Carlos, that it's like a, almost like a magical girl transformation <laughs> where like, yeah, be, 
Oh, what what I wanted to say was that um, so this movie came out in 1975, mm-hmm. and just shortly before that, um, there is a manga by uh, Gonagai, the guy that's made Devilman and Mazinger Z. So he made a female hero manga called Cutie Honey. <laughs> and the whole kind of crux of that is she's kind of i think she's an android and uh this came out in 1973 but the kind of gimmick uh with her is that throughout each story she'll have all these different disguises and at the finale when she encounters the villain she'll do actually it's literally what happens here it's like sometimes i'm a waitress mm-hmm. sometimes i'm a race car driver <laughs> sometimes i'm oh, a you know uh i don't know it, it gets crazy right mm-hmm. but she, but then she'll f- finish it saying but i'm always like but uh, you know it was actually me i'm cutie honey mm-hmm. and uh even though uh you know she's not uh shinobu's not like a superhero um she she does that same thing so she's kind of um, a superhero. When I, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and we'll see a a bit more of that coming up, but um, I was just really surprised to see how on the nose that is. So I don't know if maybe they just thought, oh, Cutie Honey's really cool, like maybe we could use that in a movie, or if there was actually maybe some kind of talks that maybe this could have been something to do with Cutie Honey, because when you see this... Yeah, when you see this scene, knowing Cutie Honey, you're like, wow, that's that's really... Either they totally like lifted that because they thought it was cool, mm-hmm. or they actually were planning on kind of yeah. um, you know, tying it together. But either way, it's so fun, yeah. and I love how it builds here, where uh, they kind of... She kind of... Like, when they address her, then she has this very dramatic laugh, and she climbs up this staircase, so she's looking down over everyone, and she gives, like, that revealing speech, Mm -hmm. where it was like, it was me the whole time, and I was, I think it's hilarious, too, that, you know, throughout the film, they've been dealing with one antagonist, these villains, the whole time, (laughs) and they still are like, who is this person? (laughs) (laughs) It's really funny. And, and of course, she, she tears off, she, she, I'm definitely going to make a give of her taking off the, yeah. the mask and then tearing off the outfit, revealing this equally amazing outfit where it's like this fuzzy jacket with uh, yeah. and she has this this red nunchuck and she just starts like it's like Bruce Lee. She's just ripping on these guys yeah. with the nunchucks. Mm-hmm. Man, I was thinking during this scene, it's like. I'm sure in the UK version, like the nunchuck scene is edited out, but (laughs) everything else is left in. She's got a grappling hook instead, right? Wasn't that what they gave Michelangelo, I think? Yeah, it was something like that. And I still have never gotten to the bottom. What's this? Oh, yeah. So in the UK, like there's a longstanding thing going back to like Bruce Lee films where nunchucks are like (laughs) not, were not allowed to be depicted. Oh, wow. And I don't, yeah, I don't actually remember though the origins of it i I think it has something to do with this concept of child safety there must have been Uh. maybe some accidents with kids and nunchucks or something but yeah so um asian films in particular that would feature nunchuck scenes those were usually edited out of like the uk versions and actually um so sometimes it would extend to things that were connected to nunchucks so like ninjas Mm -hmm. in general so when the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out in the UK, they were 
their name was changed to the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think it is like a grappling hook or something like that, like you're saying, Carla. So Michelangelo's mm-hmm. weapon is changed. That's so but, weird. Um, yeah, it's it's super um, unique and bizarre and mm-hmm. seems arbitrary if you don't know the whole story, which I, I still don't know the, yeah. <laughs> the whole story. So it so seems arbitrary it's crazy. still. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, but you are right, Matthew. She does channel a lot of Bruce Lee oh, in yeah. this action sequence, and and she pulls it off too. And oh, I yeah. I like that the the female uh, member of the Japan Action Club is like kind of like the the one to pull from Bruce Lee, not mm-hmm. uh, you know Sonny Shiba. Or yeah, Hiro yeah, Kusanada. that feels so great. Mm-hmm. Yep. And mentioning the uh, Japan Action Club in this scene, you see a lot of the thugs in the background that she's fighting against, and one of them you can plainly see is Kenji Oba, who would go to become pretty famous in Tokusatsu as uh, Space Sheriff Gavan. And uh, I'm a big fan of that show. And it was kind of uh, really fun to see him mm-hmm. like hiding in the background yeah. of this scene. <laughs> he's a guy with a really big eyebrows, right? Yeah, he has a very distinct look. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, she she loses the she loses the nunchucks, and it, it's cool. She takes the jacket off, and her sleeves are like the that same polka dot uh, like style yeah. that the jumpsuit at the beginning has. Um, right. And then the, the undercover guy kind of reveals himself by throwing a, a knife at, at Barbara and starts this this uh, great chase scene where, of course, because it's because it's a Japanese action, uh, Japan action club, they have to go to a quarry to fight. Yeah, it's you just perfect. got to. Yeah. And we get some some crazy stunts here. Mm-hmm. So um, there's some really long shots where. Uh, they have the camera zoomed in real uh, as as close as they can, but it's still far. And she's fighting a group of guys, and then it pans way back to show you how how far mm-hmm. they're getting tossed. That's really fun. And there's also a sequence where she's running, and they have like these explosive oh, setup. That's so good. And yeah. it looks pretty dangerous. I mean, it's all like timed, but you can see that there are some explosions that are probably like 10 really to 15 close. feet from mm-hmm. her and, yeah, and um, they seem to have two cameras on it and so we'll kind of alternate between seeing the same explosion with camera a camera b um it, and i think yeah it works works really well but yeah a couple of the last ones are so close yeah you're like whoa what's gonna happen mm-hmm. and you see like the projectiles from the explosions are just darting like it looks like they're grazing her almost. Mm-hmm. That's how crazy it is. But this is like just like this. If they were wearing outfits, this would just be common Rider. <laughs> like this is yeah. very similar to that in a lot of ways. And it gets even more so like common Rider because she ends up encountering against Masashi Ishibashi's character. And they have kind of a short fight. And she mm-hmm. actually just straight up does like a Rider kick where it's like uh, one of... Uh, Common Rider's iconic moves is he'll do like a, a giant jump leaping kick towards the enemy and then the enemy will like kind of double in like pain and they'll just straight up explode <laughs> and that's like kind of like you get it because he's like a superhero and they're a monster yeah. but here you have two human beings fighting <laughs> against each other and there's really no reason 
that he should explode. (laughs) So, I I mean, either way, I think it looks super cool. And we do have another moment where I believe she's jumping off of um, a trampoline to get really strong height. But, like, the shots of her doing uh, jump kicks here are just so iconic looking. They look, like, they look super cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, she does the kick. And I guess the the way they justify it is that he, he falls over onto one of the explosives yeah. they had before. And then there's this really sure. bad dummy getting getting blown up. <laughs> it's great. I live for stuff mm. like that. Like every movie should end like yeah. that. <laughs> Please. <laughs> and honestly, that's kind of the and- highlight because this next bit, like it's good, but it kind of slams on the brakes for this next yeah. action beat. It is, it's, it's a, I think an instance where they're like, we need another like really big stunt just to kind of put the cherry on top. And it literally is, it's pretty uh, like a crazy stunt where she's chasing Inomata and he makes his way off to like a gondola lift and uh, he thinks he gets away, but she actually climbs and is hanging Mm -hmm. off of the side of it. And you can see that there's some shots where, uh, you know, they staged a camera so they don't have to have her hanging but mm-hmm. there are literally some shots where she's straight oh, yeah. up hanging off of yeah, the, totally. the side of that and it looks really scary yeah <laughs> well it's a really great like action scene case study and i can't think of anything that we've covered on the podcast quite like mm-hmm. it where we see essentially every concept that they have with this environment and we burn those up pretty quickly <laughs> and then we're trying to kind of just hang on to this moment and something about it is just not not working there really aren't any there aren't any new beats to kind of play with and repeating them doesn't feel yeah particularly great and Mm -hmm. uh like why exactly that's the moment where where he's taking down it it doesn't it doesn't quite work also what's what i found really surprising and again i think this could this could work, um, but we have no score in any of this final scene. Yeah, so yeah, because um, we have this awesome, yeah, to, like really brassy uh, theme. Yeah, going totally. On. We have this like wah guitar, yeah. very like saxophone heavy kind of like jazz funk score, and to then like lose all mm-hmm. of Yagi Masao's music here. Like, yeah, it could that could be really gripping and effective, but there's something about this scene that. Uh, yeah, really. Yeah, drags in a in a really kind of unique way. Um, mm-hmm. But you, you could see how this could happen because, to the degree that there's real stunts happening here, I yeah, mean, that you had could... to just be so. The production of it had to had to just be kind of overwhelming. So I'm mm-hmm. sure you would want to cover it uh, from as many angles and get as many uh, kind of shots as possible. But yeah, I yeah, think it's a case strange. of uh, you know taking a good concept and then kind of deflating it by missing out on the editing and um the scoring here so um, yeah totally i mean it could honestly like a 50 second version of this scene uh could be awesome also another thing that's really bizarre is that the she has this hero pose at the very end and we see that from a bunch of different (laughs) angles um and yeah just the way that those 
those shots mm. kind of combined is is pretty strange. It's, too. What it feels um, like is whenever I've done video editing before, if I have like multiple different shots of a thing, then I'll just line them up next to each other and watch them, and then pick one to put into the final product. And it looks like oh and it gosh, looks yeah. like they just kept all three of them in. Yeah, you're like yeah. auditioning the shots, and then they kind of all stayed in. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The other thing that I like to say though is that I, again, this is 1975. And this is like something that you could see Jackie Chan doing decades later. In the later. 90s. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I think that's a that's a great point. Um, yeah. It's really Yeah, cool I think the, the only that. reason to kind of dig into this at all is that there is great potential mm-hmm. in this sequence. Yeah. And um, it's it's not like that what's it's not that like what's here is bad. Mm-hmm. It's um Yeah, it's just uh a little bit of a frustrating way to kind of yeah. close up the movie i think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i yeah i totally agree but the shot um, after he after she like flips him into the into the ravine and there's like this really wide shot where we see the gondola like just moving in the distance while there's like smoke that was or like dust that was coming off of him that's an amazing shot yeah yeah it's another great dummy mm-hmm. falling and then we get some shots of her uh driving in the trans am with that music playing over it and that's the end dude so great yeah actually pretty similar to like a a, i mean almost a hong kong cinema style ending to a film everything's all taken care of like you don't need to add anything no uh epilogue it's like all right it's so funny because after watching so many movies growing up made in the west that are always you know revenge is bad and like revenge ends up hurting you more than anything else and and then all of these Asian action movies are like, man, revenge is awesome. <laughs> like yeah. you get to kill it's the like, guy. I feel free and yeah. clear. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, nice. <sighs> so yeah, that's that's uh, that's the Great Chase, nineteen seventy-five. Yeah, man, ah, such Dude, a fun. Yeah, movie. this was tons of fun. I'm glad you guys liked mm. it. <laughs> no, it's maybe. I know we talked about this when we talked about um, Inframan, but I. I want to like, like, I don't dislike tokusatsu, but I want to get into it, but mm. I don't want to have to watch 52 episodes of like totally a 40 series that each have 26 or 52 episodes in them going to the seventies. And there's like 15 of those and uh, there's just yeah. so much. So I love movies I, like I this mean... that kind of have that energy. Yeah, I feel you, and I I feel like this podcast is the perfect vehicle for me to share mm-hmm. some of the stuff that I feel like you guys would like. Because there's a lot of like cool like tokusatsu features that kind of have a bit higher production value, and you don't have to have the investment of watching 52 episodes of a show. <laughs> um, I I know I I have a list of stuff that I'd love to. And I mean, we don't have to wait for an episode. I could just yeah give you a suggestion matthew <laughs> yeah maybe we got the show <laughs> yeah totally yeah yeah but uh yeah tokusatsu is awesome um <laughs> it's like i guess like yeah similar it's like kid exploitation you know what i yeah, mean yeah that's a good way to put it <laughs> you get all the fun action you you don't have i mean it's all like really fluff and, and you get these very broad tropes but i think a lot of the fun for me in tokusatsu is reveling in those tropes and when you get to see them pulled off right it just feels really good i'm a really i'm a huge sucker for like hot-blooded characters and (laughs) when 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 that lands in like japanese like in anime or like in tokusatsu when that 
when I a cool hero moment just lands the right way. It's just there's nothing better to me than that. It's like Dude, that's so cool. I love yeah. I love how you put that. Yeah, it's it's really great. And like even like I mean, we got a little bit of music here. I mean, not not what I really like out of Tokusatsu, but um like like Japanese hero themes are something that I really like. <laughs> Actually, Matthew on it has first hand knowledge of this because when Matthew and I hung out when he came up from Atlanta, um, <laughs> Mike, this is kind of one of the most embarrassing things that I've ever done, but I had so much fun with it. So we went to a place that had uh, Japanese karaoke. So and I was there with Mike. So this is like we don't have a a, per, um, a more perfect chance than this. <laughs> so. Mike and I belted out, I don't know, probably a dozen different Japanese hero themes. Like, we sang karaoke, and it was, like, super indulgent and super embarrassing. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I know that there's, like, footage of it somewhere, but I don't want anybody to ever see that. <laughs> <laughs> but I also desperately want to do it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not even lying. I gotcha. It was so ridiculous, so much fun. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe but, one day. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> In the whatever the new world will be. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll all be wearing masks. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, this movie isn't very easy to find, (laughs) but um, I feel like we we should just do a service and just share that YouTube link that I I got from Warren. Yeah. So if you want to check out the film, uh, yeah, you can check it out through our blog post because we'll link it Mm -hmm. uh, in there. Well, thank you so much for checking out our show. If you like the show, then you can leave us a review on whatever you're listening to this on. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at Heroes, the number three podcast. And thank you to the Kung Fu Cinema subreddit if you're checking us out from there. So, continuing on with our look at the girls' Kung Fu 2, what is our training for next week? Okay, so we are going back to Hong Kong cinema. But honestly, there's a lot of Japanese DNA in what we're going to cover. So, um, and actually thinking about it, there's some Charlie's Angels DNA as well. <laughs> so I want us to cover 1987's Angel, also known as Midnight Angel, also known as Iron Angels. There's a like, I think there's like three or four different titles <laughs> for this. Yeah. So it stars Moon Lee, who we've seen on the podcast before, but never in an action role and. uh, this also puts her up against Yukari Yoshima, who I oh, obviously cool. love, and she's she's such a a great star from this era. So um, yeah, we're gonna have more fun uh, watching girls kicking ass. It's, <laughs> there's some really great action in this movie, and actually Huang Zhang Li's in this film too. And I oh, feel like cool. he kind he kind of looks like my brother in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome! <laughs> Good stuff. Well, until next week, where we're taking a look at Angel, or Iron Angel, or Midnight Angel, I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.